This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, slash register. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Tuesday, May 25th. There was one subject which seemed to dominate the industry landscape pre-COVID. Subscriptions were front and center and on everyone's mind. Some said they were the solution to ownership. Dealers investigated, manufacturers talked about developing their own solutions, and first adopter consumers put a toe in the water. COVID seemed to take the temperature down on subscriptions in general, as the industry rallied to stay afloat and consumers held back, trying to determine the right course of action on purchases. The subscription model may have faded from view, but one longtime finance executive, a man who made his mark by creating unique solutions in the leasing space, thinks it might be the right time to talk subscriptions again. George Bauer is a widely recognized auto finance, fintech, and insurtech leader with over 40 years of experience shaping global financial services for leading automotive companies and innovative startups. In 2020, he co-founded Nexcar Holding Company, NXCR, a fintech and insurtech platform for delivering vehicle subscriptions profitably at scale to dealers, automakers, and third-party listing sites. He serves as president and vice chairman of the board of directors. He joins founder Scott Painter. In 2016, Bauer and Painter also co-founded FAIR, another vehicle subscription brand. To talk about the future of subscriptions here and in Europe, we've reached George Bauer in California. George, my friend, it is good to talk to you. It has been a little while. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Jason. How are you? And I'm delighted to be catching up with you after a few years, right? After a few years, we spent most of our time together uh, in in Europe uh, talking about solutions that were that were coming. And you've always been at the forefront of many of those solutions, and you've been a pioneer in many ways. Tell us what you're doing with Nexcar Holding Company. Yeah, Nextcar, in short, NXCR is a, a subscription vehicle, used vehicle subscription tech company. And really what we are doing is addressing some of the fundamental pain points uh, from a consumer perspective when it comes to getting access to mobility. I'm, I'm an auto guy. I'm a passionate auto guy of 40 years. I'm, I'm deeply grateful for an amazing ride in this incredible industry. And actually, it, it has never been a boring industry. But it has never, it's never been more exciting than now because of the, the transformational sort of revolution that's going on with, with ACES and yes, new ways of mobility and subscription, I believe, uh, is, is, is a centerpiece. Uh, so having been in this industry for so long and having built and led and managed global financial service business for amazing German car brands and also developed them for Tesla. Uh, regulated entities, leasing, fleet management, insurance uh, uh, companies, etc. I'm not proud of my own auto finance sector, how we have been doing with the customer experience. The last major innovation was really leasing some 40 years ago. I mean, and I'm proud with the team at Mercedes-Benz Credit at the time I introduced leasing uh, to uh, the market and uh, uh, it was a start beginning, a small, short beginning, as a, a, a modest beginning, I should say. And it turned into a mainstream financial solution. Why? Because you don't, you know, you don't own the car. Uh, you uh, pay for the depreciation. So you get more 
uh, car for the same money or um, uh, for the for the same amount uh, you or for less money you get the same car. So it's 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 magical in many ways. And subscription, I think, is just a variation of of what leasing is uh, taking taking the pain points of uh, a lot of a lot of the pain points away from the consumer. But what are those pain points? Let me be more specific. And that's where I believe uh, my auto finance sector industry that I love so much has done poorly. It has not been in the forefront of innovation when it comes to putting technology to work for the benefit of the consumer. And it, you know, what, what keeps me up at night is really that 84% of Americans hate to go to a dealership. Does that mean the dealers are bad? Absolutely not. But the system itself, the OEMs, the lenders, the captives, and the dealers have not managed to put the a radical focus on a an entirely uh, different and better customer experience. I can elaborate on that a little more if you like. What I what I mean with pain points, uh, uh, it is it is it is really sort of the, the the process. Let's start with the process. Sixty-two percent of Americans don't understand the purchase process. 92% don't understand leasing. Why? Yeah, tell them about, tell the millennials about, uh, residual value, cap cost, uh, money factor, acquisition fee, disposition fee. And they'll say, what? What? That's way too complicated. So, and everybody talks about the process aspect, about digital retailing. And it's in its infancy stage. It's less than 1%, I think about 300,000. Cars were sold online, fully online last year, uh, and that's less than 10, less than one percent of of U.S. new and and used car sales. The other key aspect for a better customer experience is just simply the lack of flexibility, introducing flexibility, and that's what subscriptions are all about. I mean, there's a huge white space between sort of the, the covering the the, the short term needs, rideshare, da- daily rental. High price, you can do it only so often if you don't want to break the bank. And there's a long term commitment of a loan or a lease. Three years, 69 months is the average term of, a, of, a, of an auto loan these days. So, in between accommodating the modern day consumer, particularly the, the millennials, for a much more dynamic lifestyle, for more frequent changes, changes of jobs and locations. There is nothing. If you have ever tried to get out of an existing lease, oh my God, would everybody say who has tried it? Mm-hmm. Because you really can't get out of it. Sure. And owning a vehicle, owning a vehicle and financing it over sixty-nine months. I mean, again, it's it's not it's it's not an adequate solution for a dynamic environment, let alone on the other side of this unfortunate pandemic, right? So, the two aspects: process. Isn't isn't using technology. Secondly, no flexibility in the current system, and thirdly, affordability. Affordability is a key key issue in today's uh, sort of overall environment. The average used car price just stretched twenty five thousand dollars. I think in the first quarter this year, new car price is close to forty thousand. Uh, monthly loan payments six hundred versus four hundred for new and used cars. Why? Because you know, in a in a loan, you 
you pay for the full amount and pay the tax up front uh, just to end up in a loan-to-value ratio of 120 to 130% with all the adjacencies to be upside down for the first three, four years. This is not an adequate solution, as we believe at NXCR, and that's why my partner, Scott Painter, and I got the brilliant, visionary, disruptive force in automotive retail, always putting the consumer first. Him and I, we have, we have come to the conclusion that time for subscriptions is now. It's literally, I believe, inevitable. I genuinely and strongly believe subscriptions today are what leasing was 40 years ago, period. And there's been a ton of conversation, George, over the course of the last number of years, even pre-pandemic around subscriptions. And some very prominent dealer groups in the United States have tried the subscription model, but it hasn't really taken off. And why is that? Well, I think it's what can be underestimated is the technology. I mean, what what we are building here at NXCR is, is an app. You know, it's not just a little bit online or incremental improvement in the process. It's radically different. Like, you download an app, uh, shop for a car on a monthly basis, on an all-in-one single monthly basis, always including maintenance, roadside assistance, warranty, insurance, and other adjacencies uh, that you can go optional, access wear and tear, wheels and tire protection, etc. Uh, so this convenience, all mobile, is data-driven. And the ability to then, you know, sign for your car with your finger on your phone and check out all on your phone, sort of, and get the car home delivered the next day is a significant sort of uh, technological quantum leap from what dealers, even the large dealers groups, are used to doing at the point of sale. So it takes... Significant investment. It was just too complicated. I, I do think so. I mean, uh, maybe the pressure, you know, kind of like the pressure for change isn't severe enough. Uh, the dealers are doing very well, and I'm ha- very happy for my many friends out in the space, and they're doing a good job. Given, I, I'm more blaming not the dealers, more the OEMs and the captives that they haven't, they, they could have, should have, could have, or now they're partnering with NXER. Uh, that's the option that they have. Uh, but uh, they have certainly uh, the money, the capital to invest in that technology that's really um, they are mo- moving away from anything uh, that the auto finance sector has seen, seen so far. And this is not about uh, incremental improvement. It's a radically different process for the consumer, all on your phone, seamless, end-to-end, paperless, transparent, fun, fast, convenient, shop for your car in an all-in-one monthly payment anywhere, anytime, on your couch or on the beach in Santa Monica, for example. So this is, this is the, the, the quantum leap, uh, really. And that's where I, I think that to the dealers that I talk to, they, they, they understand, and you know, the industry is talking, the entire industry is, is talking about digital retailing. It just doesn't really happen. Uh, and digital retailing is only half of the game, if I may say so. The digital transaction at the back end, the financial solution is the other half. I mean, some more online vehicle purchase, but then you are pushed over to an old auto auto finance ecosystem that hasn't done the job uh, in putting technology to work for the consumer. That isn't really giving the the consumer the breakthrough 
uh, uh, totally breaks a different uh, different uh, experience that you would say, yeah, it's a magical experience. So it is technology is different than what the auto finance sector, the dealers have been focusing on. It takes investment. And it's a it's a it's a tech and it's a data play. That's not in the DNA. That's not in the DNA of of dealers or OEMs, to be honest. We'll hear more from NXCR president and vice chairman of the board, George Bauer, after this. Consumers today are pushing for remote and virtual experiences. What you may think is a simple fix by going fully online quickly results in an even bigger problem: loss of control and shrinking profit margins. The question isn't if you go online, it's how. How is it done in a way that you don't sacrifice the success of your overall dealership? The answer? Tune in starting May 17th for a virtual summit hosted by Reynolds & Reynolds. You will gain educational insight into all things digital retail, challenges to the status quo, how to retail anywhere without sacrificing anything, and the true impact on dealerships just like yours through one-on-one dealer conversations. This event is on us and on demand. Grab a seat while they last. We hope to see you there. To register for the virtual summit and learn more about retail anywhere, visit reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash register. There's been a ton of talk over the course of the last 15 months about the advances in digital retailing. But you're right. There, there is a piece of the transaction that didn't that didn't carry forward as much as the will to create a better digital retailing experience. So, did the pandemic, George, just push it all forward? And 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 are you now in an environment where and is the industry in an environment where this just becomes a lot more possible because of the circumstances? Absolutely. The, the pandemic is an accelerator in, in, in many ways in, in, in order retail. Uh, number one, digital, paperless, so that you're not confronted with a stack of papers that some person hands you over, goes to the printer, goes to the copy machine, uh, and, and be stuck for three, four hours in the FNI manager's office. So digital, transacting at home, paperless. This is the way to go. Number one and uh, number number two. Certainly, uh, the pandemic uh, has uh, consumers on the other side of this pandemic are gonna need and demand more flexibility than being forced in a long-term order loan of sixty to seventy-two months. That is just no longer the right answer, given the uncertainty that we are faced with. I mean, the pandemic you know, came to us. And opened our eyes. Nothing will ever be the same again. We have to adjust, and one adjustment will be flexibility. I believe not only the millennials, but particularly the millennials. They are gonna. I mean, let's look at the millennials. I have a lot of empathy for the millennials because uh, they are uh, poorly treated by the auto finance players out there. The first car is a used car, right? Uh, typically when they get off of college. And guess what? They start out at subprime. They're punished for something that they've never done. But they're subprime. They pay an interest rate of 15%, potentially being set up for failure. They do a loan for 60, 72 months. If they if they get delinquent or worst case, they default, FICO gets even further down. So uh, 
millennials, and that reminds me of uh, the fair um, uh, sort of pioneer in subscription that's called an I built um, almost five years ago, that uh, 65% of the fair subscription customers were millennials. And that's because they look at the flexibility of subscriptions as the right answer for a more dynamic lifestyle with more frequent changes. So, yes, the pandemic is pushing both topics, digital, paperless, and more flexible, uh, access to more flexible mobility subscriptions. George, what does your relationship with J.D. Power mean for the business? On, on May 5th, it was announced that you have a strategic alliance. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a very uh, important uh, uh, alliance that we, are, uh, that we entered into. First of all, I've been uh, associated with Trading Power since I moved first uh, uh, to the U.S. I respect them a ton. Uh, there are in many ways the, the, the voice of the consumer when it comes to uh, the Trading Power surveys. And uh, and uh, they, with some of the acquisitions that they did uh, over the last several years, uh, the most uh, recent one, the ALG, the, the country's uh, dominant uh, residual value forecasting uh, uh, institution, they are really a, a leading, the leading uh, sort of uh, data source when it comes to evaluating the value of a, of a used car. So uh, having access to uh, all the data, huge data, uh, or vehicle valuation data, residual value data of JD Power puts NXCR in, in the best position of developing a predictive analytics uh, uh, vehicle value uh, prediction uh, tool. Uh, I think I touched upon it a moment ago. Uh, what we are doing is as much about data as it can be. It's a, it's a tech play and it's a data play. And uh, our alliance with JD Power is incredibly valuable to uh, help us uh, to move our business forward. So we are grateful and excited having put this uh, to work with great uh, colleagues and partners. George, two more questions since I have you. One is uh, Europe. What are you seeing on the yeah. European subscription model side? Of course, North America was um, was quick to jump on the idea, but now what's, what's happening there? Yeah, that's a fascinating topic because obviously – even though having spent the last five years here on the West Coast and no regrets, it's amazing to live here. But I'm still very close to uh, the European market, uh, and uh, it's uh, very interesting uh, to observe what's happening. I mean, Europeans, particularly particularly the Germans, they're not not necessarily early adopters. You know, they they, they want to do their analysis and want to be sure about things. And if you break new ground, you can't be sure about anything. You just got to do it. So. Uh, They have been observing uh, what's been happening here in in the U.S., uh, what we have been doing, what we are doing with NXCR now, and and really, you know, call it subscription 2.0, bring it to the next level. And within the last six to nine months, there has been a hype in new subscription startups in all of Europe. Uh, I'm counting them sort of by the week, uh, almost every week, a new subscription startup. It's uh, 40 plus now in the UK, two dozen in Germany. And um, so it's, it's like, you know, if, if they do something, then they do it seriously. Certainly I can speaking I can speak for the Germans. Once they agree, uh, decide on something, they really move forward, uh, you know, decisively. And that's, that's, that's what's happening. And 
Um, I think this is exciting because every uh, new subscription company is is validating for NXCR for for Scott Painter and my um, uh, uh, sort of new startup, uh, and we couldn't be any more excited about the future of subscriptions for the reasons that we just uh, talked about in the U.S., but also in Europe. And uh, if that, um, I'm certainly uh, taking a look at European markets and talking to OEMs and dealer groups over there as well. And I, I, I get a lot of buying, a lot of momentum uh, as, as we are um, getting ready. First in the U.S. Uh, for a September launch of NXCR, of a subscription product, and then certainly uh, towards the end of the year, uh, taking a serious look at uh, uh, initial European countries and launches. Final thing, George, in 2013, now incredibly almost 10 years ago, you supported the international launch of that little vehicle called the Model S by the small company known as Tesla, and you built their financial (laughs) service business in 20 markets throughout Europe and Asia. Um, in some cases, very country-specific solutions. What's your analysis of how Tesla's done 10 years later? Yeah, I mean, it's, first of all, for me personally, after the 30-plus years with the OEM legacy companies in Stuttgart and Munich, uh, I'm so, an experience for which I'm you know, immensely grateful. I would definitely say the, the Tesla experience the three and a half years there was one-of-a-kind experience uh, that certainly from an industry perspective, delivered plenty of proof that Elon and Tesla truly revolutionized our 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 industry. Period. I mean, it, and you know what they what they what they are doing and what what Elon is doing, and what I you know was lucky to be a part of because it's an incredibly unique experience. Is simply not accepting any boundaries. I mean, this is what disruptive thinking is all about. You can't really make a quantum leap and break new ground by through incremental uh, improvement. And that's what Elon is uh, brilliant at, uh, is saying, you know, what is an idealized outcome? And not looking at the hurdles to get there, but saying, then we work our way back and, and find a way of, 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 of getting there. So I, I'm not surprised because what I observed back, back then with Model S and later Model X, um, as, as cars, uh, so as different as they are, uh, I, I, it, it is it is groundbreaking in so many ways. And uh, um, I think my old industry has taken a little bit too long to respond to that challenge that Tesla put out for the traditional auto industry. They're responding now, and uh, it's going to be the race is on. It's going to be very interesting, uh, you know, how, how this is going to. Uh, continue and uh, you know, looking at Tesla just or shedding just one more light, it's you know, the audience certainly knows Tesla is more than a car company, it's a tech company, it's a software company, and that's why Tesla definitely will will have uh, always an edge, I believe, for, for a long time, probably. While the traditional OEMs, you know, have a ton of experience in producing quality cars, so. You know, it's it's the different aspects of, of of the industry going electric that will come into play. And you know, this this has never been a boring industry. But I, I'm sure you agree with me. 
it has never been more exciting to be yeah, a part of. Not, uh, not a boring industry, certainly exciting <laughs> pathway ahead. And we will always watch to see where your movements are within this industry because you've been at the forefront of so much. George, it's a pleasure to talk to you again today. Thank you so much. Pleasure for the my side, Jason. Take care. Stay healthy. We reached George Bauer in California. And that's Daily Drive for Tuesday, May 25th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Wednesday.